Yeah, go. here. Yeah, here. Check. <laughs> here. <laughs> what a great way to start a podcast. Neil Bradley, Edward Marlowe here with For Those Who Inquired. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that. you know what, let's just go. How about that? Uh, well, we, we, well, in a moment, I do have to read this uh, disclaimer. Okay. Uh, first of all, A, uh, do not drink. If you're not of legal age or before you're 25, don't drink and drive. And drinking excessively will cause harm to your body and mind. Had to, to drink that because they have started a drinking game off uh, the podcast. When you go, I digress, uh, and we've never had anyone get through our full hour. Generally, they're passed out. So I just needed to read that ahead of time. It'd be best if you would use non-alcoholic beverages. But this comes from two people who was telling me. And I, I, just, I just wanted to do that. That way we're absolved of any blame from here on. To be completely fair, and I really appreciate that, but to be completely fair, I include I digress intentionally, and I try to focus on when I use it effectively. Uh, he, because let's, er, he has a deal with Bud Light. Let's it, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Early on in this podcast iteration, which, by the way, we are approaching our 100th episode. Uh, this is not the 100th episode, but it's, it's close. Is that when you'll finally change off the Roman numerals and go to real numerals? Me, no. Remember, no, they I, lost. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> Roman numerals are amazing, though. Like, I mean, I'm not going to do that. Okay. That's, that's not going to happen. Well... It's your podcast. That's the thing. All I can do is make suggestions and read alcohol disclaimers. Well, so, so, but here's, okay. So early on though, it's, it's Dave Winder, okay. Murray State SID so and associate athletic director who n- notified me that I was using it too frequently. Okay. And so I, I think it was just me showing that I can like be like a squirrel and go off track. 90 times and it's and i get it i i was using i digress as a crutch and then i started using it more pointedly and now i've already said it twice in the podcast and i haven't even used it in its actual meaning yeah so there's two of my two two of them's already cashed out again welcome to uh for those who inquired and we have digressed okay so uh do uh do sip lightly if this is going to be your power hour so I'm going to bury the lead for a split second and jump right into Murray State men's basketball because okay. obviously we've got a ton of change already mm-hmm. with uh, with more change on the way. Uh, DJ Burns announced this afternoon that he has headed to Youngstown State, uh, which is, uh, I do believe they were the Horizon League regular season champion last year. Solid squad. They're certainly mm-hmm. in the middle of, of building something to try and regroup and recollect from last year. By the way, he's going from being – a racer to a penguin. So I think that that's, I, I mean, Youngstown state, I know it's really far up North, but a penguin, I think that's kind of cool. Um, used to be in the OVC. They did. And, and here's something else that I think is really interesting and we'll get to some football in in a little bit, but Youngstown state football is in the Missouri Valley football conference. Mm -hmm. Their basketball program and other associated programs are in the horizon league. So I think that that's, that's kind of cool. Clearly there's not football in the horizon league. Um, Valparaiso, uh, in the Missouri Valley, uh, do believe they're still pioneer. Is in that football. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so really interesting. That's always a cool dynamic. That's why the Missouri Valley football conference is slightly different than its regular conference. So two different commissions, two totally different things. Meanwhile, we have a couple of signees, uh, at this point with, uh, Cairo Egypt center, six foot 10, by the way, junior college, top 20 player from South Plains, I believe it's Malik Abdelgawad. 
Yeah. Uh, w- once that came out, that's when I announced my retirement. I'm not going through a year having to say that name. So this is all on Prome pretty much. And uh, it follows through. I mean, when they recruited Morant, it's like, I'm not saying Demetrius, have him come up with something else. And so he went with Ja. Are you saying you came up with Ja? That's what I'm saying in this, yes. Okay, all right. You're taking Uh, claim. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I'll take claim for that. Uh, And then Prome, it's his fault that I'm leaving. Well, actually, none of that is true. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it would be funny. It's a great story. someone Someone had already said, uh, I believe it. Before I made any announcements, he's like, I bet you're going to have fun saying that name. It's like, I'll bet you I have no trouble with that name at all. <laughs> I promise you that name will give me no problems at all. He can go get all the, the hyphenators and multiple syllable guys uh, that he wants to. That's terrific. That's matter. That, you, I mean, so, I mean... Oh, who's we, the other guy? We, we, well, we did the one. Let's go ahead. We, and knock we, are, we are because we are going to we are absolutely going to get to okay. a, a conversation about uh, Neil's decision to take a step back in his duties. But uh, Sean Walker and I'll get to some numbers here in a minute. Sean Walker, Jr. Uh, transfer from Mercer. He's got one year to play. Malik Abdelgawan has two years to play. Um, Sean, Sean on ESPN is listed as six, six. Dave Winder lists him at 6'4". I'm going to take the average and say he's probably 6'5". Okay. Um, again, a Mercer transfer, uh, which that's out of the SoCon, Mercer Bears. Uh, and then I do believe this past weekend, Nick Ellington of EIU paid a visit to uh, Murray State. He was at the spring game, spring game for football, and the staff was there. And so, you know, yeah, that tells me that there's a guy that averaged about seven points, five rebounds a game for Eastern Illinois. Um, uh, native of St. Louis, he's 6'8", 225. That's some size. So kind of clearly tells me, hey, we're, you know, a couple scholarships remaining right now. Mm-hmm. We got to get some bigs. And uh, so taking a look at these two guys, Abdelgawan, uh, South Plains, you look at the numbers, and they were a playoff contender. They were an in uh, uh, junior college. Uh, they were in the title hunt, basically, up until the final moments. They lost uh, their – I think they lost their game, like – 62 58 or something like that the last game that he played he had about four points nine rebounds um he's a top 20 junior college player who averaged about 7.7 rebounds for his two years uh at southern plains and so it's just one of those situations where does that translate shot about shot 58 percent from the field Mm -hmm. played about 20 minutes a game on average does that translate at the next level i don't know is he 6'10 and can come in and help right away? I, I would think so. I mean, 6'10 and can put the ball in the basket. He's got a solid 15, 16-foot jumper. I saw uh, some footage uh, where, you know, he was kind of able to showcase putting the ball on the floor and pull up for, mm-hmm. you know, a J. Does that stretch the offense? Does he get a chance to play in those extended minutes? I, I don't know. It, hard to tell at this moment. Meanwhile, Sean Walker Jr., here's a guy – who averaged about eight points a game last year, was a pretty solid three-point shooter. So, you know, those are two kind of immediate needs that I think certainly help the racers. But when you have two scholarships available after that, and you've got, you know, Laurent Rice, who I do believe just won the dunk contest out of Ohio, and John McCreer coming in, you know, that's four new faces. What what would you do? I mean, I'm not going to – this isn't – Trust me, this isn't part two of me reading the entire 1,200 names in the portal right now. I don't want to do that to you, Neil. Not this time. Mm-hmm. But 
with two scholarships and more names even going to the portal, even at this point, what do, what do you do? How do what do you who do you go target if you're an assistant coach right now? What that, what are your thoughts? There? That's that's why they pay them the money. I have no idea because I, I don't really know their plan for next year, uh, and I don't know that they know their plan for next year. Uh, your leading scorer, you're not 100 percent sure whether he's gone or not. Right with Rob Perry, there's so, a I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. This is this is a tough part of being a head coach now that has never been an issue before and balancing all this. And I'm sure sometimes you have to gamble that we bring this kid in because if, if this player comes back, he won't have any minutes. But if that player goes, we have the minutes available to give him. I don't know it. I, this, this is a very difficult part of coaching that I, uh, I really wouldn't want to have to be a part of. It's a new, it's a new challenge. There's it no is. doubt about it. And, a, and you and I, we've talked a lot about, and we will continue to talk about as it continues to develop, um, the pros and cons of the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a pro standpoint, there is, um, there's a nice economy involved of great players that can find the right fit and the right opportunity that maybe you never would have had access to prior people that were either injured or didn't get the minutes they wanted and they need a better fit. And so they need player empowerment on the flip side of that. And again, it's something that we will continue to navigate moving forward. How do you keep people involved? How do you keep people engaged? How do you not lose recruits to the portal when you had a plan for them next year or the year after? Um, you know, one name that I keep hearing as as a as a tough situation is is Braxton Stacker, a guy that the racers definitely wanted to kind of stick around and develop and move forward with. And uh, you know, that's uh, unless he changes his mind, that's currently not an option. So, you know, it's one of those situations where I, I'm not trying to scratch at scabs and things like that, but it's definitely something that, from a positive perspective the racers can benefit from it. But from a negative perspective, there's certainly things that can be detrimental from the portal's perspective and governing it is uh, proving to be more and more difficult by the day. Yeah. They, they have to get the, the, the part they have to fix on the portal is the, I can transfer every year and, and the Astro there. If your coach leaves, then you can go. I think, I, I think if that's if a you fair have three coaches leave in three years then you can go every year. But if not that, you get your one go go anytime, but that's it. That's your only free when you can transfer again. Then you have to sit out of here. Yeah, I mean to me that's the fair way to do it. That's a and fair. I mentioned governor. this before. I think on this, if you had that in pro sports, think of the anarchy it would be. Everyone's on a one year deal and everybody's a free agent. Yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, it would really be, and uh, that's kind of what you have in college sports right now well and that's and so just to reiterate you know murray state men's basketball stacker white burns smith edwards rob perry could return i keep hearing it's a very distinct possibility that he does return after learning about you know what he learns from his nba experience and then of course rod thomas was a walk-on that's another spot that i'm sure you know i know it doesn't feel like an important spot but not trying to put too much onus on it, but when you have a beloved guy like Rod Thomas, who's a good locker room character guy, brings in a great integrity, you're going to need another one of those as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Marlon Leston, you know, it, it has entered the portal. And so that's where you've got these scholarships available now where, you know, Steve and the guys have to figure out, well, what are these next two scholarships going to be? And you're right. It's an unenviable task. Uh, there are about 350 other coaches right now dealing with it. Some 
better at it than others, not not attacking anyone particularly, but some are in better standing right now. They either didn't lose anybody or they've already got their commitments, you know, uh, already this early. Now, I don't know what that means because that's something that's been brought up to me in the last week is, well, what about the timing of everything? Well, if you hit the portal too late or if you hit the portal too early, then someone else comes into the portal that you're like, oh, I would have, I wish I could have gotten that. It's like, it's like when a certain thing comes off the menu and, and then, mm-hmm. and, well, we're bringing a new pizza on the buffet. It's like, oh, that's my favorite pizza, but I've already had three slices of pizza. Like, I don't know how you develop all of that and, like, figure out well, who's going wh- where, when, where, and why. Yeah. And once you've filled your roster and then a new guy comes on the board or a new gal when it comes to the women, holy crap, oh, I wish I would have had them. Well, then you, then you, how do you, how do you not keep yourself from being left wanting? I guess this is kind of what I'm looking at. And that's a tough challenge. Um, when you take a look at that situation, you know, and and uh, Murray State men's basketball, that this is where it's time to kind of bring you in, Neil. You were you were announced last week that um, you're you're taking a step back after 32 plus years. Um, hey, when did you know? Uh, probably the trip to Iowa. <laughs> but I had, damn you, Iowa. <laughs> It was it was it was a really long long uh, trip there, but we had several of those, and it was getting close. I didn't know really when it was happening, but uh, as as I told people this past year, from September first through March fifteenth, I was on the road or in hotels for thirty four days, and I didn't want to do that anymore. Thirty four days is a long time. Yeah, just not something that, that at my age I wanted to do. Uh, six hour bus rides. And, uh, gosh, those hurt. I mean, you get out and, uh, it, when you when you get old, hopefully you're not old yet, but uh, if you are, you're not, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but you get out and it's <laughs> just kind of tough on you and, uh, kind of go numb, hit, you know, and, uh, I just didn't really want to do it anymore and wanted to find a way to, to stay involved and cut back on that and doing football where the most, even at a 12 game season, if everything was non-drivable, you're looking at six nights on the road. Uh, and as opposed to thirty something, and if I continue to the girls' sweet sixteen, that's only three or four nights. Sure. So that that's not that bad. So looking at ten as opposed to thirty four, there's really no comparison there. You know, it's something I can handle there. Uh, so that that was the main reason. There, you know, there's not any. Uh, I'm not mad at anybody. I've always been treated fantastically at Murray State. Had a great experience, great coaches, great people to work with. So it is absolutely, positively, nothing to do with that. It's 100% to do. I just wanted to cut back on travel, and that's the 100% reason I'm doing it. I'm still going to be – I won't, may not be at every game because now if it's – guess what? If it's seven degrees outside, I don't have to go to the game. <laughs> I can watch it. I don't have to go. You don't have to go to South Dakota State? And uh, Yeah, and if it's a you know, 7 o'clock game, I can leave it 15 till 7 and go see the game. And as soon as the right. game's over, I can cut out. There's no 30 minute and then a breakdown and stuff like that, and then get up and leave for somewhere else the next morning. Sure. So uh, there's all that. I'm still doing do a little uh, part time work at the radio station. I'd retired from there, but back doing just some part time stuff for them. Right. So uh, that keeps me busy and uh, doing the football will too. But uh, I'm looking forward to the football season big time. Uh, I know it may be a little weird from time to time for basketball, but. Uh, I mean, I'm still going to go to the games and watch the games, just I, I don't have to call them. So I'm uh, looking forward to a lot of great things. I want to be there in the stands. I, I think I said this in my statement. When the racers go to the Sweet 16, I would love to be in that arena to see that happen. And I think it will happen at some point, uh, hopefully really soon. 
Uh, I have all, the utmost confidence in Steve and his staff to, to get that done, but uh, they're in a very difficult league. But uh, this is a, a program that has a lot of pride. And to me, uh, the greatest moments probably are, are yet to come for Murray State men's basketball. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, actually, I mean, I put, it, I put the news actually uh, on WKDZ, WHVO, and PKY. I, I don't know who used it for what, but I put it on the websites because there are a ton of racer fans that live in Trigg County, Christian County, and Caldwell County. And, you know, they, they've come to rely on if they can't make it all the way over – to, to Murray, they've come to rely on your call. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all have, you know, I relied on it when I was a full-time sports reporter, you know, even if I was on the baseline, uh, there were times that I wasn't able to go to every single game. And, you know, where was I tuning in? Uh, ESPN plus for video radio with you and Kenny, you know, for, for news and updates. And so those were the types of things, you know, that's just from my perspective, but, um, Something you just touched on, and, and we'll get back to more racer athletics in, in a little bit, but I, something you just touched on, you described the job just a little bit there, the amount of time, and that's even with the Ohio Valley Conference. I, I mean, I know the Missouri Valley obviously required more travel, more time, more devotion to it, just being on the road, but you described a part of the job that maybe people, I don't want to say they forget about it, but maybe don't think about how comprehensive and time-consuming it can be. And it's the travel and the preparation. Maybe just in, in your you know best words, what's the best way to describe the amount of work that goes into a part-time job like this? Well, I mean, football's a lot harder just sure. because uh, it, it's a longer broadcast. There's more players you have to know. Uh, and there's, there's a lot more prep that goes into football just because of the number of players as much as anything else. Right. Uh, basketball, there's some prep, but the, the the easier part of basketball is once you know your own team, you don't have as much to prep for them. You know, you do a kind of who's hot, who's not, things like that. Once the season gets going on, he's, he's knocking the ball down uh, uh, from three-point range or he's struggling. He's making his free throws. The other guy's not. Any sort of a little tidbit that you can send along uh, the way. Uh, fans who listen to me, uh, there's different different ways of doing it. I'm not saying anybody's wrong, but the way I always done it, and I took it from Jack Buck. He never liked burying the broadcast in stats on a radio broadcast. Right. He liked to you the game. So there's not a ton of minutia, not a ton of stats. We try to throw out a tidbit here and there, but for the most part, we're trying to bring the game to you. Uh, but you do have to prep that. You know, know the players, know who's starting. That's for the other team. So it generally takes per game probably about uh, two hours of prep besides doing the game. And yeah. then you have a half-hour pregame, half-hour postgame, two-hour broadcast. So uh, it takes that. And then, of course, the travel part of it. Well, and you guys were always ready to, just in your 30-plus years of experience, no matter who your color was, you guys were able to, and I know you had some stuff scheduled, you know, pre, you know, pre, pre-game interviews, you know, some post-game interviews, some halftime interviews, but there were times that you guys were even on the fly, no matter who your color was. You get yeah. to an arena, you realize, oh, we've got a racer alumni in the stands. Sure. They want to do a halftime interview. Yeah. Oh, our athletic director's here. He'd like to do a halftime interview. So you had to ad hoc those types of situations. Yeah. So you can be somewhat prepared for those types. You have X minutes to fill. Mm-hmm. Um so X is going to plug in and whatever that is, we're going to make it, make it happen. But the travel and, and again, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the move from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley was going to require more on average. It's similar travel. I had done the math all those years ago when it first happened, 
um, when it was first being discussed in 2016 and 17, like, oh, I'm going to start looking at some of the numbers. And the average travel is similar and comparable, but the amount of time required to get to some of these locations for that, the entire schedule is where you get on some of these daunting trips and even football this year, you got North Dakota state and as amazing of as a flight, right? It's not hard. Yeah. But as amazing as an atmosphere as that's going to yeah. be, it's still time you have to deviate yeah. X to be gone. And, uh, that's an interesting part of the job. And thus it requires whoever that next person is, uh, to have a little bit of flexibility in their schedule. Yeah. That's, part of it because it's you know paid okay by the game but this isn't a a, a big enough school or are any at the at the mid-major level heck there's even some majors that doesn't pay enough to where that's your full-time job right I mean, there's no benefits that comes with it in terms of hospitalization life there's nothing like that it's a uh per uh, i'm on a one-year contract it's a per event kind of thing that's just the way it's paid i'm like a vendor that does anything else for the university. You sign 32 contracts. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. I, I'll sign another one this year, except it won't have basketball and just right. a football contract. So, yeah. Uh, there'll be that part of it. But, you know, the travel part in the OVC, here's the different part that people probably haven't realized, is in the Missouri Valley, you're on the road every week. In the OVC, you're home one week, on the road the next week. It alternated. But, I mean, every week, you're home once, road once, home once, road once. You love the balance, but in the same respect, you've got to yeah. you've got to be flexible. And it road. wasn't always. Sometimes you'd be, uh, you know, those the wraparound is when you'd play on a Saturday on the road, and then your Wednesday or Tuesday game would be on the road, and you just stay there the whole time. So that that turns into a really really long trip. And you know, it was a time when I was when I was younger, and especially younger, didn't have kids. I did. I would have loved it. It was it, that would have been no issue. And there was a time in my life when I really enjoyed that part of it, but uh, it it became less and less enjoyable in terms of the travel. The games themselves, I still enjoy those, uh, and still enjoy uh, the people, but uh, the travel part, uh, it was the winner, so uh, it beat me. Well, you say it beat you, but I mean, yeah, it's going to beat everybody. By the way, yeah, yeah spoiler, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's going to be the champ. It's going to it's going to win. Time will always win. Well, my last question about this before we pivot to something else: What was your favorite call? I know you have thirty plus oh, years, Lord. but I, had, I mean, well, I, and I say these things like you're still going to be involved with football, and you're still going to be deeply ensconced in Murray State men's basketball, and even probably even more so in women's basketball, and even more so with your family. So mm -hmm. obviously, that's going to play its part as well. Um, but you're still going to be deeply knowledgeable on all of these things. That's not changing. But over this time, is there one call? What's well, the, what's the maybe maybe even the one game? That's well the the call. Would, I mean, to get to call a buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament, a true buzzer beater, the Daryl Thomas call. I mean, that's yeah, that's a that's, that's a good, probably every broadcaster's dream. I, you know, you probably dream I want to be in the Final Four, I want to call a national championship. Those are game dreams. But as far as a moment. That's it. And the first NCAA tournament yeah. win for Marine State men's basketball. No, it wasn't. We beat NC State. Eh? Oh, God, that's right. You did beat it. I totally forgot. Well, that was, was first, I was three. First my one bad. I called, though. Yeah, first one you called. You're right. Beat Jimmy V. My yeah. bad. Second win. Second win uh, for Murray State men's basketball. Well, I can't. Digress. What a I did digress. What a <laughs> what a rookie thing for me to say because I knew that that was the Jimmy V team. You're right. I what a fool I was. But, but, but that, that was point, it in terms of games. Uh, Jaws triple double against Marquette. That that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. But as I've told many people, 
this is going to shock a ton of people. Dave Winder knows this. My favorite week ever in Murray State Athletics was, I think, 2000 baseball when they defeated uh, Eastern Kentucky twice on a Saturday to win the OVC tournament. And I had done the base. It was when I still did baseball games, uh, uh, the conference games, the, the ones I did. Uh, they played SEMO the week before. Didn't know it at the time. Found out later from Coach Tiki years later that, oh, they're setting it up, um, set up their pitching because they were in the tournament. That didn't really matter if they won. Their seating was basically decided. But he didn't tell me that. So this looked like a team ready to hit the beach. They looked like, let's go play our two games in the tournament and get the heck out of Dodge. And that's what I thought I was going to see. I made plans for Friday night, told my wife, we're going to head out. We're going to go here, going to go eat. I'll uh, get these two games over with. Um, I think they won maybe their first game, I believe. And then in the second game, they stunk so bad at Brooks Stadium. It only holds nine errors, Ed, and we got it to zero. <laughs> the thoroughbreds at the time, uh-huh. they rolled it over. They were so awful. It was just an awful game. Just kicking so, the ball around. So if someone said, oh, this team is going to win this whole thing, like, okay, no alcohol for you. You digress, so get out. Um, but Anybody they, drinking right now is dead. But they got hot. Um, you know, Kyle Perry pitched a great game. They uh, had a nail-biter against Eastern Illinois, and they ran into an Eastern Kentucky game on a sat- or a team on a Saturday that had used all their pitchers. And, and I do remember this this other one. We had a, a guy named uh, oh, and now I'm going to oh yeah, I did, now the name popped in. We had a guy named Bart Peach, and I think it was against Eastern Illinois. We had to have the game, you know. Already lost one, so we had to have. Yep. And Eastern Illinois had a good lineup, good pitcher, and uh, so I go to t- see Mike. Well, who are we pitching tonight, Mike? But this is but this wasn't being recorded. I was getting ready to record the pregame. With sure. Him. And he says, I'm going to go with Peach, and I went. Bart Peach? We only had one. <laughs> but you had to ask the question. But his Are ERA sure? was like eight. <laughs> and you're like, All he needs to score eight and him uh, have seven. Okay. So <laughs> sure, coach? Peach is going to pitch the game. Okay. <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking once the game starts, if we can get to the third inning and still somehow be in it, yeah. wow, that would be good. Well, Peach goes out, and I think he has like a one-hitter into the sixth inning. I mean, that dude – game of his freaking life and uh murray state ended up winning that one and uh that just goes to show that's what makes tournament balls that's what made that week special is the highs and lows yeah. and like ah they're done they're done oh yeah, they won that one maybe they can win one more and and uh then i remember that, that, that team won the title is that right I, yeah they won they won uh won the tournament and then went to play at southern miss and uh they lost two games there played southern miss really tough and uh then lost uh, the second game uh, really hot day there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But I remember the second game of the doubleheader, Charlie Ward was uh, the, the catcher. And remember, Mike, before the season, by the way, he had been – they said, oh, we're, we're not retaining you. You're done at the end of the year. He was a lame duck coach. So his yeah. team didn't like that. So they were playing their butts off to get him a championship. And uh, Mike told me – he asked – the racers were pounding EKU in the second game and said, hey, I can get you out of here – for the last uh, inning, if you want. He said, no way. Absolutely. I'm not coming out of the game. Paraphrasing. I'm not sure exactly how he said it. That's but still incredible. Probably. But there was – he didn't need to be in there. But yeah. he, was, he wanted to catch that final 
that final out yeah. and uh, get in on the celebration. So never forgotten that. That was a, the, the most special week I've ever had at Murray State Athletics was with baseball. You had told me that story before, but there was a lot more detail in that story that time around, just everything wrapped around that week. I knew that it had happened in Brooks Stadium, but to hear like you just tell that, that is absolutely remarkable. And, I mean, that is really – if you think about there's a lot of un- improbable championships in Murray State Athletics. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of great ones in all the different sports. But to hear that one you, – you, do you even do that anymore? This is just, just slight, slight tangent here. As an athletic – department and a director could you ever go to a coach now and say hey listen you're done at the end of the year i Can don't you do that so. now i don't think so because <laughs> that's the reason because <laughs> just in case they win it all then you don't look good you don't so, look good at all but the, the, to me if i'm an ad and was in a spot where i thought you might need a change i'm not you know if you want to talk to the guy maybe hey uh, this is a big year for you or something like that. If you want to at least kind of lay that out there for me, I don't really have an issue with that, but I would not announce publicly you're done. Yeah, I would never. Uh, even if you were in your last year of the contract, you know. Yeah, it, last it, year of the contract if, sometimes speaks for itself. Yeah, and if, if you had a bad year and you stunk, no one's going to say anything. Hey, we went 13 and 42. Uh, we're not going to retain our coach. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. All right. We're making I, the move. I got it. But when you say, yeah, we're going to the uh, NCAA regionals, Oh yeah, and you're fired. That doesn't look good. Yeah, doesn't. That's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, it is. What an awesome game. Well, I appreciate all that, Neil. And, and like I said, this is not even necessarily a send off. Uh, you know, but oh, I thought you're firing me. You're yeah, firing me. You're fired. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I can't. I mean, you know, I mean, you can't. If you're not going to be. It's your a, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you can fire anybody. If you're not going to. If you're not going to be the men's basketball games anymore, what good are you? If so. I, I got to roll at least a twelve. Ah, that's it. I'm out. Looks oh like, yeah, whatever. Neil's got all this free time. Uh, we're gonna roll you up a D and D character. Oh here boy! Get out of here. Oh, by the way, that's an eight. Yeah, that's not that's good. That's not good enough. No. no, that's a minus one on whatever stat you choose to put that in. So speaking of stats, let's actually pivot here to Murray State women's basketball, who in the last seventeen days, uh, as we record here on this beautiful Sunday evening in Murray, Kentucky, they have actually picked up a Butler transfer in, I believe it's Trinity White, and I have the tab up, but I have forty million tabs up on my computer. I'm almost certain it's Trinity White. I look like an idiot now because I totally have like... Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, there it is. Yes, Trinity White from Butler. Um, She had a really, really good freshman year and then kind of hobbled and had some injuries this second sophomore year. She's from Texas. She's getting a little closer to home. Murray State women's basketball, obviously, with some some transfers themselves. You know, you have have, uh, Turley, Burpo, and Hughes all graduate. Horvath and Julia, they're, you know, they've entered the portal, so that leaves, you know couple open scholarships and that's actually including the fact that you've got destiny thomas haven ford and now trinity white involved so at the moment two scholarships available as well for murray state women's basketball so and that's in, like i said including trinity so it's really kind of interesting to me as well they kind of in the same boat as uh, men's basketball not nearly as many openings all at the same time mm-hmm. but the same number of scholarships available coming into the portal and um i i think it's it's another situation where you probably would like some size there too. You and I have talked a lot about how Caitlin is absolutely terrific in the Missouri Valley Conference, but everybody else around her played well, but they were being defended by women that were much larger than them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand Destiny Thomas, six foot Haven, you know, kind of kind of like Briley Pena mm-hmm. and even Zoe Stewart from a size perspective, a little, a little bit on the shorter side, um, but can, you know, ball the heck out of a basketball. So, I mean, she's, 
she was she and Destiny were uh, Miss Kentucky uh, basketball Miss basketball candidates, and then Haven got it. Uh, as a matter of fact, her sign's already up uh, in her county. Home, in her county, entering Rowan County, home of Haven Ford, Kentucky Miss basketball. That's awesome. Yeah, it great. It's great. It's fantastic. There were seventeen, eighteen year old girl. That's just it's amazing. So it's really cool. The the recruiting class that's coming in right now, six zero, you know, five six five eight. That's great. Two scholarships now. Who do you go get? So the women's portal. There's a lot of names in it right now too. I, I, I won't. Again, there's no no point in going through the whole list. But from a, I know right, breathe breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, but uh, I just from from a from a women's basketball perspective, you know, here's another situation, and I just I do want to rehash this. Does Rochelle want to go get a couple of freshmen that maybe are late bloomers that haven't, you know, haven't been, you know, haven't been picked up yet? Do you go get a JUCO player? Do you go get a couple of, you know, Division One or Division Two transfers that maybe can bring you some size and experience? You know, you take a look at their entire roster, and two of her freshmen are staying. So you know, and and you lost three seniors. Yep. So there's a good balance, but like, who's your true senior next year? Caitlin Young, isn't it? Yeah. Is she your only true senior, really? Could be. Uh, Char- I mean, That's a big one, though. Ta- it is. It's no. a big one. So you need, no. like, how, how do you keep things balanced? You know, how do you keep things going and going? And actually, I, I'm going to ask this question. I'm curious. Does Caitlin Young still have a COVID year that she can use? I don't know the answer to that either. It's a good, it's a, it's a math question. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't know how that would work. I would think that she could but I'm not sure she could use it for Murray State if she plays all four years at Murray. So those, those are things that I actually need clarified, you know, and, yeah. and and I know that that's down the road. Right now we need to think about the present, and the present is two scholarships are available in Rochelle Turner's class. And, you know, who that ends up being I think is going to be deeply interesting. I want to pivot now uh, just to some brief talk about Murray State football. We've talked a little bit over the last couple of months about the signing classes that Dean Hood was was able to bring in, both in the early and in the original uh, part of the class, is a ton of FBS transfers. Again, this is a roster of of, of 70-plus young men. So I, I urge you to go to GoRacers.com, check out the roster. But from a transfer perspective, uh, Golden AK from Louisiana got some mention after yesterday's uh, uh, spring game. Um they're just there's a lot of FBS transfer, a lot of JUCO transfer, and then something Dean Hood continues to mention uh, and did mention on Saturday uh, after the spring game was the fact that you know they don't have a large senior class this year either. That's true. There's a lot of guys that are either going to get reps and then move up to the upperclassmen ranks and stick around, or you're going to have to go get some graduate transfers mm-hmm. and some juniors, maybe seniors at the FBS or FCS level that are willing to come in yeah. and uh, and 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 be a part of the program for a year or two mm-hmm. just to bring that depth and experience. And Neil, you were up in the booth mm-hmm. uh, getting the bird's eye view of everything. What did, what what were some of your quick takeaways and what did you see at spring football on Saturday? Uh, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from a fundamental standpoint. I, I, you know, sometimes in spring when you're playing a lot of different guys, it can get ugly. Yeah. Fumbles, missed assignments. It was one fumble. Missed tackles. And it went out of bounds, and then there was one interception. Yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't bad. It wasn't a bunch of flags thrown by the officials. I it's mean, clean. I, I, I've seen some like, okay, there. You know, you, you do know that you have to wait till the ball snap. Didn't see a lot of that. 
Uh, it, it was a really good-looking scrimmage. But, I, I mean, I'll be brutally honest. From a talent standpoint, I've never been able to tell much at a football scrimmage because it's you against you. <laughs> so if your offense looks good, is that are they good? Or is it because your defense isn't good? If your I, defense looks good, is it because your offense isn't good? Or are they both good? I I don't know. It's very fair. difficult to say. One of the most puzzling, just to take you back, um, Houston Nutt, I went to see one of his teams one year, and they were not really great the year before. They lost the, their last game of the season, like 70-something to 13. So you kind of hope they'd be better the next year. I saw their last scrimmage. I didn't see much out of them. Uh, I heard that we got a good running back. There wasn't the internet back then to, to get all this stuff, and I didn't see anybody. Turned out he didn't play. It's Derek Colors. Oh, they didn't play him. Okay, so I didn't see him. But when I saw him, you went, I think he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> and Western, they didn't see him either. Their linebackers were what? What was that? Where did he go? What was that? <laughs> And uh, that was, uh, you know, I think when we opened over there. But yeah. uh, the racers uh, turned out to have a great – but it, I'm just telling you, the point being made at the spring game, I, or I guess this was at fall camp is when I saw this. He wasn't here in the spring. But it, even at fall camp, like, I didn't know. But he was good enough to where it's like, let's not get him hurt in, in this. So they just basically didn't play him, at least at the scrimmage that I attended. And uh, down the road it – it paid off. So, but I was really encouraged, especially uh, some of the receivers. It's great to see Jacob Bell out there. I'm thought, glad you brought that I up. Thought Jaden Stinson. Uh, he looked pretty good. Looked solid. I know he had a he had a tough year in difficult circumstances last year. Uh, you know he has a broken foot and a non football injury, and then as soon as he's cleared to play, like get out there and be the starting quarterback. So, yep. uh, a very difficult it. situation to be put in. Uh, at least now it's a little more fair for him. Uh, DJ Williams did not play in the scrimmage. However, earlier in the week he did get some reps. So uh, I think he's on target to play this fall. So, uh, the, you know, I think the Racers will be pretty good there from a running back standpoint. You know, whether guys transferred, there's going to be reps open there. Do they have good enough to win in the Missouri Valley Football Conference? I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't. Well, and it's and it's like I was talking about this earlier. I, just a few takeaways. I was on the sideline. Just a beautiful day for photography. Oh, so I yeah. just wanted to take as many photos as I could. And I didn't take a ton. Uh, I got I mean, this should be a surprise to no one. I was too busy talking to people on the sideline, uh, just trying to you know kind of get get a feel for what I was looking at. And uh, but that's okay. I, I appreciated getting some of the scuttle and some of the understanding. And then of course we were able to talk with Hood after you know the practice. So it was uh, interesting to hear his his take on some things and and some of the players' takes on some things. I mean Taylor Shields and Jaden Stinson gave great interviews, and you know I'll post some of that here at the end of this podcast. But you know it's one of those situations where I've kind of felt the same way. But a quick takeaway: I thought I thought the running game looked really strong. You know, and that's something that's going to be a, a very unique battle in the fall. I mean, you have five running backs, basically. They're going to be fighting for carries, and um, I don't hate that. And really, I think that's another situation where you might ride a guy that's hot. You might have all four sure. or five guys, if they're healthy, and again, we're going to knock on as much yeah. wood as possible. That was a big problem last year. I mean, oh, he, that was huge. He, for every position almost. It was bad. It was a and that wasn't a I don't even necessarily think that was an attack in the weight room. It was just like it was literally like Murphy's law. Whatever yeah. could happen did. 
and uh, really unfortunate situation. One thing that Dean did mention, and I found this to be really intriguing, and it's kind of something, and again, you don't want to ever linger on it. COVID was terrible, but it is really interesting. This is their first normal spring. Yeah. If you think about Dean Hood's staff, when they came in under Kevin Saul, when you know Mitch was dismissed and they moved on to the entirely new staff, and it was like, no, COVID. Yeah. And then you've had residual COVID and its ramifications in previous the three previous springs. This is the first normal spring under Dean Hood, and he was hired three years ago. That's how wild he's going into his fourth season. Yeah. That's it. And again, I'm not making excuses. No one's making excuses at all because racer football was able to have that really special spring season. You know, they got some things done then. Then, you know, the next couple of years, it was just like, well, what are we doing? Guys were exhausted. You and I have talked a lot oh, about yeah. Yeah. the 18 games in a year. Is just like, how did we do this? And they you know? said they felt it because I asked sure. them. I asked the players. Right. Like, oh, yeah. They, I mean, it wasn't a, ah, we love playing. They love playing, but there's a reason you don't have 18-game f- football season at the high school level. Yeah. I mean, and the college level. You're, either one, you're just yeah. not physically qualified or prepared for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is interesting, Dean, and again, not an excuse, just a really interesting way to take you back a minute. We're just now getting back to normal when it comes to college football mm-hmm. and, and a normal spring. So this was the first time where it's got mixed workout groups, you, you, I mean, you're still tracing, you're still watching for COVID, you're still treating it, but it's not the same thing that it was two and a half years ago. And so now, as they start to really return back to normal, they're able to get a full, you know, a full inventory of what they've got. And Dean was also able to mention the fact that they know after the spring game, there will probably be a two or three names hit the portal, guys that maybe didn't shake out well in spring yeah. that are going to look for an opportunity elsewhere, and that's going to open up even more loose change for yeah. you know for Hood and his staff. And he mentioned two positions that will specifically be targeted in the offseason, and that'll be offensive line and defensive line. And I know that you love those meat and potatoes in the, in the Ohio Valley Conference. You love them in any league, but you better love them in the Missouri Valley Football Conference yeah. where guys that size get drafted – on draft day uh, and draft weekend, which, by the way, the NFL draft is this week. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be watching intently uh, to see who comes out of the Missouri Valley Football Conference draft selection uh, on those three on those three days. And so, you know, this is a league that you if you do not have protection for your quarterback, zone protection for your running backs, and you don't have a defensive line to wreak havoc on anyone else's, you're going to you're going to have a problem. Yeah. And you and I have talked a lot about the schedule. We'll continue to talk a lot about the schedule. It's not a friendly schedule for the first year in the Missouri Valley. In fact, you play three of the top four teams. The only team you do not play, national champion South Dakota State. So uh, as far as from being the top four. So it's like, man, that's tough. You play, you play North Dakota State, you play North Dakota, and you play uh, who's the third one that South was in the top Dakota. four? South Dakota, yeah. Um, uh, South Dakota, I don't think was in the top four, but they're, they're in the middle. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's SIU just, was ranked though. Missouri state was ranked at correct. the start of the season. They yep. played both of them. Uh, th- the thing is the, the, the negative part of on the portal for college football, you can't get good quick like you used to could because the SBS transfers used to could. Yeah. That's uh there you go. I love that word, but y- you can't. Uh, the FBS guys could go to other FBS schools and play immediately before they had to sit out a year. Yeah. But if they could play, go down to FCS, bang, get them immediately. 
And we have, uh, and not just us, but Murray State and other schools, if it uh, gold in those uh, the portal, or they just called them transfers back then, but uh, that amount of talent isn't there anymore uh, to get at the FCS level like it used to be. You're not wrong about that. And as a matter of fact, one of the transfers that Murray State football actually got this past week, he's not here yet, probably going to finish up his season, is, uh, hang on, I'm going to Google it super quick. Washington, it's another tight end, another FBS tight end. Yep. And Caden Jumper just got it right there. Caden Jumper from uh, from Washington. Now, from a statistical standpoint, he's a redshirt freshman, 6'3", 253, Eatonville, Washington native. He's coming all this way and uh, didn't log a stat last year. So the one thing that I have noticed from a lot of the FBS transfers that Murray State's getting, a lot of mileage left on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that – Well, that's who you're going to get. Yeah. Is, is that. It, guys looking for that opportunity. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest. I actually – I like that. I, you do want a couple of game breakers. I won't deny that. You would love to see somebody that wants to transfer in that is either needing more, you know, more opportunity or wants a better offensive or defensive fit. Um, but you're not wrong about you're likely going to get from an FBS to FCS transfer the guys that are just begging for snaps. Yeah, looking for PT. Yeah, looking for playing time to prove themselves. And honestly, I, I'm – I'm a chip on a shoulder guy. I, I like that. Um, and 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 instead of instead of bemoaning it, embrace it. If you're oh, going to sure. be a football staff that just needs bodies, and I don't mean just for the sake of bodies, I just mean guys that maybe with a little bit of an edge yeah. to them. That's certainly a good way to to make that happen. But yeah, go go take a look at the roster. I'll say it again. Go take a look at GoRacers.com. There's probably two or three more names that needs to pop up on there as as the transfers roll in, and they're not been added yet. Yeah. But if you look at the, there's a lot of Western Kentucky former Western Kentucky high school stars, and there's a lot of FBS transfers, and some are both. Yeah. Um. And I I think that that's I think it's gonna be that's really interesting. It's gonna be really interesting to see. And I'll just double down on the fact it's great to see Jacob Bell back out there. I thought oh, he had a yeah. thought he, he thought he had a good day. Looked good. Yeah, I think they had the what strip fumble out of bounds. I think somebody popped. That was the only thing, out. and but it was a good catch and run. I, that's what I was looking at. I'm not worried about the fumble in that. Well, and even the fumble game. was fair. Yeah, it, it came out uh, right right in front of me and a couple other guys, yeah. and it was like, oh, he's good to go. Thirty. I think that was a 35 yard catch and run yeah, off of a it. off of a bubble screen. And, you know, Dean even mentioned him, too. We I asked every guy, I was like, what's it like to have Jacob Bell back? Bell, and I had forgotten this, and Dean's right, clearly, but after reviewing the tape, he got behind Texas Tech's defense three times. Yeah. And, you know, if he's available even 70% of last year, I feel like that even opens up the offense that much more. Sure. Uh, and really helps things, you know, kind of matriculate. Cortez... Uh, looked pretty solid. Northington looked solid. The transfer out of uh, Tyler JC looked solid. I think he yeah he had a couple of good runs. He had a couple of really good runs. Uh, Q Jennings. That's a that's a room that I think is really interesting, and I think everybody's going to get. And they didn't even have. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the roster real quick, but whoever the young man that was that led their state in in rushing yards, mm-hmm. led, I believe it was led Ohio in rushing yardage. Uh, uh, maybe it wasn't Ohio. I'm sorry, it was Indiana. Uh, was really really good. I'd have to go back and look at the roster, but anyway, there the, the that room is in good shape. Seems uh, to be, and so that's no disrespect to Mr. Witherspoon, who's headed to Sanford. Uh, I think he's a terrific running back, uh, four yards in a cloud of dust, and always leaned forward, and certainly had some explosive moments. But that's certainly 
uh, a position I think is in good hands as we come to the fall. So a few other uh, notes uh, as Murray State spring continues to uh, launch in a positive direction. Murray State softball got a really big win today. Did you see where Hannah James came on? So they beat Indiana State to take mm-hmm. the series 4-3 at Indiana State. It was 4-3, to three, bases loaded, no outs. And she came on and saved the game. She's pretty good, from what I understand. <laughs> no, she had a perfect game once, and then like Did the it, next week had nine perfect innings and went to ten. You just give up a hit. So yeah, she's she's pretty good. I just it's incredible. To th- I mean, you really think about. So I mean, you take a look at where they are right now. They're thirty and sixteen. By the way, uh, you and I, nineteen and one in conference play. They're pretty good at the game of softball. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, I believe, is Missouri State. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah. You and I is 19 and 1, 30 wins. Missouri State, 17 and 3, 27 wins. They're one nine straight. And then Murray State, which was picked second. They're currently third, tied with Illinois State, and they've won two straight now against yeah. uh, Indiana State. There are currently one, two, three, three teams right now with 30 wins. Missouri State's flirting with 30 wins, and so is Illinois State. Now, Belmont, two, that's their next opponent, right? I think mm-hmm. they play them Wednesday. I think that's right. And I don't remember the name of the pitcher, but in that duel with Hannah James, uh, where she pitched nine innings and then had to get to the 10th, and it did give up a hit but got the win, the Belmont pitcher did not pitch the 10th. They brought in a reliever. Through nine innings, she struck out 20. 20 strikeouts in nine innings. That's a lot. So I don't know if that's the one that's going to be on the hill or what, but uh, maybe get out there and have a look at that one. Well, so like I said, with with Murray State softball, I'm curious. I know the Missouri Valley brings obviously a little more gravity than the Ohio Valley Conference did, but I'm actually curious. You take a look at the standings right now, how many of these teams are going to be at-large bids yeah. versus automatic bids. I think they have a, a couple with a shot, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really interesting development. Again, I'm sure – there have been some offensive, you know, quote, concerns, you know, with Murray State. There are six losses. I mean, some of these are just, you know, some tough one-run games. Uh, and that, you know, with Hannah on the mound, with Weber on the mound. Um, but it's just one of those – you still have 30 wins. Oh, and Kara got her 300th win. Yes. By the way, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yesterday, I guess. Yeah, her, her 300th win on Saturday. Uh, don't know if anybody's ever going to touch that. And someone had a – uh, did you know it's a softball organization i remember retweeting it five facts on her and i didn't really know this that she played at depaul and she played on a team at depaul that went to two college world series for softball and one of her teams was unbeaten in their league at depaul i knew she played at depaul i didn't know they were that good they were that good wow Okay. So she, she knows a thing or two about softball. She does know a thing. That, which <laughs> I remember it being head-scratching because she's Wild. the tennis coach. Right. And it's like, What's hey, we're going to make her the softball. But, I mean, she was an assistant softball coach. Right. And then it's like, what? What Does she know anything about softball? Like, <laughs> She yes, knows quite a bit about softball. Sit down and shut up, you moron. Yeah. She does know about softball. And, you know, she was great as a player and has now won 300 games. So I'll stay in my lane. The real question is, is she going to win 300 more games? I, I don't know. I she, mean, it, it, she wants to. Totally, totally possible. Absolutely. She maybe likes to travel more than some people. I don't know. 
<laughs> well, and you take a look at their schedule too, and they've got quite a bit of softball left. I mean, I've actually got it up right here. You have not well, as much as the baseball. Though. No, not as much baseball. So they're six fifty two in winning percentage, thirteen and eight at home, ten and six away, seven and two neutral. They have Belmont on the Wednesday uh, uh, midweek game. It's the fifteen one game actually. Uh, 15 programs, uh, one, one school. Then they have the SIU series in Carbondale next weekend. Then they have Missouri State at home to close, so that's pretty big. And then you play the Missouri Valley Softball Championships, which are in Carbondale from May 10th until May 13th. So basically right after Derby weekend, uh, you're going right into the Missouri Valley Softball Championships. Meanwhile, baseball, and you're going to know more about baseball than I am, but I do want to bring up a few facts and figures. By the way, where did Dustin freaking Mercer come from? I don't know. Well, I know he came from Virginia Tech, but but what is happening? Basically, are they letting him hit off a tee? Because for like one series, it looked like they just said, hit it here. Jesus Christ. Because he was hitting everything, mashing it. Yeah. Another homer, another double, another homer, another double. So Perfect Game had picked him, and again, from Virginia Tech. Perfect Game, when he transferred to Murray, had picked him as preseason OVC Player of the Year, and then last year that last year, yeah, and then he only played in like eleven games. I believe right. there was was it injury concern. I believe maybe that's a that's a little bit outside of my purview. Yeah, I'm I not sure, know. but he he closed a little bit of last season. Ended up close hitting close to 300. No homers, no power, but came in later in the season and started playing. This year in 41 games and 41 starts, 172 at bats. He's hitting 343 with 59 hits, 11 doubles, nine homers. 26 RBI, 99 total bases. Slugging, 576. He's only struck out 36 times, walked 24. His on-base percentage, 430. And uh, stolen eight bases on top of that. Only has two errors in the field. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, he's having a heck of a year. Yeah. Murray State Baseball, by the way, 21-20 and 20 home record. They did get the split today, this afternoon, against Evansville. Good split there. Didn't win the series. Did get the split today, though. They Heartbreaker in that first game. They had it won, and then uh, Evansville with, I think, back-to-back big innings late and pulled it out. Yeah. So you 12-12 uh, and 12 at home, 8-6 and six away. One and two neutral. Haven't played a lot of neutral games. Eight and seven in the Missouri Valley. And as you and I looked up pre-show, um, uh, eight eight teams make the Missouri Valley mm-hmm. Conference baseball see, uh, baseball tournament. And a lot of baseball left. Real yeah, quick, I'll rifle through just where those games sit. You have uh, the mid the midweek game is Ag Day, by the way, for for those who inquired. North Alabama at five o'clock. Then you have Belmont next weekend in Nashville. Then you have the midday or the midweek south uh, southeast Missouri at Cape. Then you've got Missouri State uh, the week of the Derby. Weekend of the Derby is in Murray, uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. You have Indiana State, which by the way they're pretty dang good. Uh, they're 13 and one right now in Missouri Valley Conference play. Then you've got a midweek game with Bellarmine, and then you close out. Another home series uh, with SIU uh, on May 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then, of course, uh, the tournament this year, if this is listed correctly, I believe it's in Terre Haute, Indiana. Yeah, I believe uh, that's right. And that's going to be from May 23rd to May 27th, depending on where Murray State's seating is. So they're currently right now kind of in the driver's seat at the moment. A um, lot of back-and-forth play there in the middle, but 21-20, and 8-7 and seven in Missouri Valley Conference play. And, of course, they're – you know, certainly have things in their hands, in their control. It's not like they're out of the hunt yet at four and eleven, or 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 you know, 
or three and twelve. Things are not that dire right now, and they're playing some pretty good baseball. So, um, Indiana State again worth mentioning. They are pretty good. I believe Indiana State beat Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago in the midweek game, and uh, like I said, I think they're thirteen and one. They are thirteen and one uh, in conference play. They've won thirteen games in a row as of this Sunday, and they're twenty five and twelve. So they're. Uh, yeah, they're pretty good at baseball. So, but that's another. This is another league where you've got one, two, three, four, five. As of right now, with three and a half weeks to go before tournament play, you have six six teams with twenty wins. So that's fun. You know, I think that's going to make for some some really fun baseball. Um, did want to give a very quick shout out, Jane Emma, with a big win in Indiana. Congratulations to him. That is his first collegiate win. If we haven't mentioned it already. Kudos to him. That is not going to be his last win. Just going to go ahead and go out on a really crazy limb there. And then Peyton Carter uh, was named Missouri Valley Conference Women's Golfer of the Year. So, hey, you know, get the Ohio Valley Conference Women's Golfer of the Year and then go ahead and get Missouri Valley Conference Women's Golfer of the Year while you're at it because she's done that. And I believe uh, uh, the Henderson County graduate uh, has had a terrific season. And then it's actually worth noting as well from a – professional standpoint tevin brown is now playing in new zealand which that's really cool by the way i don't know if you've seen did you know tevin brown signed a bunch of basketball cards no. did you know that oh yeah i, I bought I, with that oh i bought a couple last week yeah absolutely he you know tevin tevin signed a bunch of uh, panini products right coming out of murray state and going into the g league and Certainly snagged a couple of uh, his autographs last week uh, via eBay. By the way, men's golf team, 13 strokes behind Illinois State after round one of the men's tournament. Okay. So, I mean, today. Plenty, plenty of time two. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lewis is 71. I think, Jay, I think he had 74, 75, something like that today. Okay. Okay. So, basically, I mean, two more rounds left. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I mean, in a big hole behind the leader, uh, Felix Van. Dyke shot a 65. That's the best 18-hole score at the league championship since 1956. Oh. So I was one. Uh, yeah, 65. That, that's, wow, that's pretty good. So it was a 65. Was it a par 71 or par 72? It's a par 71. Okay, so six under. Yeah. That's still amazing. So Trey Lewis hit par today. Okay. Well, so 13 sh- I'm having. I'm trying to think about the math on that. Can you? I mean, thirteen shots doesn't feel insurmountable. It's just they're it's behind several teams, though. Yeah. If you were second, you just have to hope one team collapses. Uh, now you're behind a, a few teams, but gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, two more rounds left there. Yeah. And actually, I, I'll post. I'll post. If someone knows the answer to this, do let me know. I, I think does Peyton Carter get to the? Does she get to go to the NCAA tournament as a because she lost a playoff for medalist? I don't know how that works. I don't either, actually. That's uh, I'm, that's why I'm just I'm going to throw it out there. Peyton Carter, Murray State, if she'll be in the NCAA tournament because she had a great NCAA tournament last yeah. year. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to pose that question out there. And if you've got the okay. answer, do send it to for those who inquired. Send it our way. By text message or by smoke signal, whatever's whatever's best for you. Uh, Cameron Payne not back yet in the 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 Los Angeles Clippers Phoenix Suns series. Looks like a lower back strain, contusion, something along that line. Had a pretty decent regular season. Closed his regular season pretty strongly. They are winning that series currently three to one. It could be one of those situations like. We'll just wait and see, you know, and, yeah. and try to get you back. But, um, you know, they're doing pretty well with Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant. But 
you know, playoffs are a long, long grind. And if you're going to win even the Western Conference Finals with two of the greatest players to ever play the game um, and toss in the young talent of DeAndre Ayton and so on and so forth, you're going to need a bench. And so I'd be curious to see if Cam returns in the playoffs after a, a pretty strong regular season. Meanwhile, John Morant, you know, Lakers took game one uh, by about 12, 14 points, and uh, Ja jammed his already bruised hand at that point. Uh, 18 points, two assists, and honestly, the Lakers were just terrific in the second half. Game two, Memphis wins in Memphis, 103-93. Xavier Tillman was outstanding, 22 and I believe 22 and 13. His his the best double double, best best game of his career, and uh, held Anthony Davis to I think sub 20% shooting. And then in game three, Memphis fell behind 35 to nine in the first quarter. And that is not a typo. And at one point they were down 30. And then late in the fourth quarter, I want to say it was about four and a half, five minutes to go. I'd have to go back and look at the box score and the timesheet. They cut it to like eight. And Ja at one point in the fourth quarter scored 22 straight. That's only been done twice by a guy under the age of 24. Uh, and one was LeBron James with, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, of course, LeBron and AD being with the Lakers and – just their veteran presence and savvy. It's this is a tough series, you know. I know Memphis is the two seed and won a lot of regular season games. L.A. is that savvy, pesky veteran that almost didn't even make the playoffs, and now they're healthy. LeBron's healthy, AD's healthy. They're good. I know. I tweeted out that I thought Memphis would just harvest Los Angeles Lakers lunch, and it just isn't happening. However, Ja did put together uh, one of the greatest performances all time. Um, in playoff history, uh, 45 points, 13 assists, nine rebounds, 50% shooting, six of 10 of three, missed one free throw, and uh, committed fewer than five turnovers. And uh, that's only been done three times. And as always put in, they were trying to stop him. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's what he did. Well, and that's, I mean, and, and LeBron James even said after the game, they were like, bro, his hands bruised. He'd been, he sat a game. What do you do? And and LeBron was like, nothing. That's literally what LeBron's words were. LeBron's like, that kid's good. He's like, I, I can't. When your guy's that good, there's nothing you can do. You just have to keep scoring to He's been him. on the other side of that, though. And he's, sure. He's been that guy, and, and he knows. And I know John knows. They're not stopping me right now. Oh, and LeBron. And LeBron's, LeBron's had those games, LeBron's too. been like, that guy. No, you're not. you you, you you think you're going to guard me, but you're not. I'm going to yeah. hit this shot. He can't guard me. Yeah. And when you when Ja and here's the thing, I know his three point percentage this year um, still is a bit just on the average side, 35 percent. But there are games where Ja goes like one for seven, and then there are games where he goes six for ten. We saw that in college. You know, I mean, we saw that right. here in Murray where he would have a game where he was three for four or four for five and. You know, even his freshman year, I think about the Belmont Championship game where Ja was, you know, three for seven. And you're just like, man, we didn't game plan for that. We didn't think that the most explosive guard on the floor who loves to attack the paint and pass the basketball when he's doubled and tripled was going to pull up for a three. Yeah. And when he can do that, that makes him virtually unguardable um, because then you start facing him and you start coming up at him, and as soon as you're down, he's by you. And – Oh man, it was just it was a great it was great to see the comeback, but to be down thirty five nine against LeBron James and the Lakers, you're just asking, you know, to be for must that, win in for game the, four though, right? 
I, I think so. Got to win it. I texted somebody yesterday. I said, hey, game four is a must win because even though you're coming back to Memphis for game five, you don't want to be down 3-1 no. because then game six, you just you don't have a chance. Yeah. You know, I mean, game six, they're going to close it. Um, and I say that and crazy things happen. I mean, crazy things happen in the playoffs all the time. But, yeah, it absolutely feels like a must win to me. And I felt like after all the talk that happened this past week, that game three was a must win, just so that way you could steal one back. But you don't steal game four and you're really, you know, late. You know, I mean, LeBron has been on the other side down 3-1 and won a championship. He knows what happens if you give up a 3-1 lead. He's he's taken one away f- before. Um, he's not – they're not going to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, best-case scenario at this point – is Memphis in six or Memphis in seven? Worst case scenario is it's 4-1 and the Grizzlies are left to regroup after a stellar regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see, as Dave Winder would say, how that all plays out. Yes. So, Well, Neil, it's been real, it's been fun, and it's been real fun. I want to just want to get your closing thoughts here on uh, the baseball season. And no, this is not me rubbing anything in because I know the Cardinals have struggled they a little bit. They won today. They did win today. Yeah. What is – does it – and I, I don't – I, I say this, and I digress. And so then get that one in, get that last shot, clug, chug it up. Do are you surprised? Are you more surprised by Pittsburgh's start or Tampa's start? Pittsburgh, because <laughs> they have no stars on that team. Tampa and, o- and O'Neill Cruz is Tampa hurt. has some. Yeah, they have some. They have some star pitchers. They have a couple of guys. Got a Rosarina, but Pittsburgh. They have nothing right now, but they got guys playing out of their mind. Connor Joe, Connor Joe, man, Connor the, Joe's ripping the, the ball. Former Colorado Rocky, man, he's just hammering it. Yeah, uh, he's he's ripping the ball. They're they're getting the thing that's the shocker about them has been their pitching. Pitching's been better than expected, especially the bullpen. Uh, Tampa, I mean, they got off to the incredible start, but uh, they have the pitching. To as long as their hitters hold up, they have the pitching to uh, to really do damage. But they're a tough division. I mean, winning that division will be difficult over 162. But getting off to the start they did is gonna, I think, help them stay in the hunt. Well, and I want to say, I want to say this just to be completely fair to the situation. They lost two of three to the Astros, who, by the way, just I believe swept Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta, pretty pretty big statement there. They swept Cincinnati in a really close series, two o two one four two four three. They swept Colorado, which it's Colorado. So they've won seven straight against two teams that really – I'm glad the Reds aren't off to the 3-22 and start that they were last year. Right. Our offense looks okay. Uh, the back end of our pitching and our bullpen is bad, you know, and now we're 7-15 and and we've lost six straight, so that sucks. But I will say this. You swept Boston at Boston. You, you took two of three – uh, versus the White Sox at PNC Park, which I know it's the White Sox, but I mean, still, White Sox have some star power, and then you split with the Cardinals at Bush. That's an, that's not a bad start. You get a real test on April 25th if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, when you host the Dodgers. So uh, I think that's actually behooved them. They've been at home a decent amount to start the regular season, but Tampa's, what, Tampa went 13-0 before they lost right. the 14th game? To uh, Toronto, and then ended up. They end up taking that series. I'm not sure. I think, I think they did, but I just. 
Uh, I'll tell you one thing else too, Neil. I'm, I'm dreading my, my, my Stratomatic team. I am absolutely dreading like what my, when my next two series like come in, like I, I got walloped in, in series one, nine zip. I got, I got shut out lost a couple of heartbreakers and was hoping to salvage, but hang on a second really quick. I do want to see who is the best team in baseball right now. Because uh, Tampa's nineteen and three, Texas is fourteen and seven, Minnesota's twelve and ten. They lead the AL Central. Atlanta's fourteen and eight, but they did again. They lost. They've lost four straight now after a fourteen and four start. The Mets are one game back. Pittsburgh is now a half game up on Milwaukee in the Central, and then you have Arizona and the Dodgers both at twelve and eleven. And San Diego at twelve and twelve for the NL West. So the the NL West off to a sleepy start. Someone has to win that division, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to crown anybody in the first eighth of the season. No, no. I mean, you can't but, tell a lot. I, I still, I think the Braves will be fine. Uh, Astros are going to be good. The Yankees will be all right. The fact that Tampa has an 88 run differential currently. Yeah, that's been. In They've 22 games? Yeah. They have an 88 – I'm just seeing some of these numbers for the first time. That's insane to me that they have an well, 88 the 13, and They were 13-0, and 0, right? Right. And I think in the 13-0, and 0, no one got closer than four. So in baseball, so they, that's pounding them. Yeah, they built it, built it then. Yeah. I mean, in soccer, it's like beating people two to nothing. I mean, it is just <laughs> pounding people. You would just get in there and just hate on soccer. The brace, two to nothing. Well done, Neil. Well done. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna send it off with that, Neil. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Way to get a good soccer day. Didn't even talk about soccer. We, what did soccer ever do to you? You just did talk about soccer. Well, yeah, but I mean, like we did. But like I'm saying, we didn't spend any time on it in the entire podcast. And then you literally get in in the last second, and you're just like, you know what? 2-0 is just a great pounding in soccer. It's actually the it's it's actually the worst lead in soccer. Yeah. I've always heard coaches say that 2-0 is the worst lead because they always your defense gives up and then your offense. Oh, you looking at the time? Yeah, Neil, I appreciate it, man. We will talk to you soon, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll just leave it at that, man. Good to see you. Okay, healthy wise. I think we had a hyperextended knee and a rolled ankle. I mean, other than that, I think I think we're okay. I'll find out for sure here with Fulton. But I thought it was really even, really clean. You know, we kept score. We gave them field position points for the offense. If they got two first downs, they got two points for gaining field position. If the defense went three and out, they got two points for gaining field position. And then the obvious, you know, get a turnover score and field goals and all that stuff uh i thought it was really really even ended up 17 15 you know in the defense and i didn't do much moving the ball around a lot of times i'll move the ball around create some situations and try to even things up depending on which side's going good didn't really do that did a couple times for special teams to get the pump we wanted but uh, i thought it was about as even as you could get and uh guys flying around hitting we really had a lot of uh pre-snap penalties and stuff in our in our first scrimmage and didn't have that you know today we did a little bit at the end you know when we were getting our our uh, younger guys in there you know towards the end of the scrimmage but prior to that i thought we were pretty clean scrimmage what do you
putting a bow on the spring. You feel like you guys are pretty well ahead of schedule right now, just based on years past, or how does this team look? Well, I think we're on schedule, which is ahead of schedule for years past, because we haven't even had a, a full off season since I've been here. We had two years that were hampered by COVID, and then uh, last year, uh, our, our strength coach left about two weeks before the guys got here, and it took us about six to hire them. So uh, this is the first time we've had our strength coach in place, had everybody, no restrictions as far as coming and training uh, since I've been here. So we've had a normal off-season with, uh, you know, running and lifting and doing all that and then getting into a pre-spring where you start to transition to a little bit of position-specific movement and some meetings and learn the playbook and then come on out and have spring ball. So it's uh, awesome. We're blessed. Where do you stand from a roster's perspective? I know you've got some guys that are probably fixing to transfer in and work through, you know, their exit, you know, interviews at other places. But are you 80% of the roster here, 90% or is it closer? Uh, Hard to say because, you know, today's college football and I got exits starting Sunday. We'll go Sunday through Wednesday. You ask me on Wednesday, I'll be able to tell you, you know, but there's always some surprise. There's always somebody that's been thinking when spring ball's over, I'm going somewhere else, you know, so we'll have those uh, surprises. And then we held some back, you know, we held some scholarships back. We got to the point towards the end of the late signing period where we felt like we were reaching if we, you know, extended some more offers. So we just held tight. You know, we're going to go out and get a couple more offensive linemen, a couple more defensive linemen, uh, you know, which is a, a neat area for us with getting in the Missouri Valley Conference. That's the difference is the bigs, you know, that's where it's at is, is up front. Hey, Coach Chrome. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's where we've got to get a little bit better. And we got better out here, too, with our guys, uh, our, our guys, our, our own guys that we were developing. And then, you know, we brought 14 guys in at mid-semester, and, and all those guys have, have done well and improved during the spring. Coach, I know you've had two spring pra- uh, scrimmages on Saturdays before the – little bit different atmosphere, I thought, today, uh, a little more game day kind of stuff. It's good for them, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, they got to put their game jerseys on. You know, the other one, we just wore our practice jerseys. People came out, you know, because we didn't have it at old dark 30. You know, we had our other two at, at pretty early in the morning. And, and people weren't ready to get up and get out of bed and got nice weather. So, you know, they had they had a crowd. We actually kept score. We didn't keep score of the other ones, you know, so it, it, they, they kept seeing that and that kind of added a little bit of a little bit of umph to everybody but yeah it was it had a little bit more to it which it should be as you start to you know tail into it and start to add things in there See, the month, i thought the spirit of the players was great yeah i thought they did a nice job getting after each other but still protecting each other and doing it doing a nice job not getting personal fouls or super penalties <laughs> you uh you talked a little bit about some of these mid-semester guys coming in a lot of hard to not notice a lot of the uh, mature depth you got juco guys fbs transfers what are you looking for out of this class and what's your expectation and hope as you move into fall ball you know that's it we had to you know our our you know basic philosophy is you know the the conventional graduate a senior sign a high school you know player and develop them is still in play you know we're still gonna build our program uh, but you know, with today's football, you got to have a build your team mentality as well. And when you lose somebody that's, you know, played for you for two years, and he's coming back for his third year, and then all of a sudden he goes in the portal and he's gone, you can't go get a high school kid for for that guy. You got to go get uh, a portal guy. So you know, we're portal for portal. So you know, we we got those 14 guys, and as you say, it made us older uh, to a certain extent. Mostly, it replaced guys that were leaving so old guys for old guys uh, but we did get a little bit older with those guys which we needed to we have a really small senior class we only have four guys in our senior class or three guys in our senior class 
uh, that have been with us more than a year. So we uh, we needed to get some older guys there, so it was good. Talk about the uh, alumni, that check recitation for the uh, for the game. They had to oh. really, really make today even better. Oh, even better. I mean, you know, Thursday we had the announcement, you know, with the uh, you know capital investment with uh, with the team room, you know, the showers, uh, and it's just going to continue. You know, that gets everybody excited. You know, with this move to the Missouri Valley, a lot of people are staying up, putting chips in the middle, and uh, administration is doing a great job. Of, of fundraising, people are doing a great job of stepping up and wanting to be involved, wanting to to give and make an investment, you know, in our future into the Missouri Valley Conference. So it's been it's been incredible, and you know, RFA has been there uh, ever since I got here, you know, and, and that's a special thing as well because they're former players, and their heart is want to make sure that you know these guys are getting good gear, safe gear, helmets, shoulder pads, you know, getting the nutrition they need. Uh, you know, making sure they're attacking those spaces because they're former players and they want to see, you know, those guys have kind of like a dad. I want them, I want my son to have a better, you know, growing up experience than I had, you know, so it's awesome to have those guys give. Jane was kind of thrust into the starting role last year. Now that he's kind of had that season and offseason kind of developed, what kind of progression have you seen from him? And I guess, do you feel like he has the ability to, to maybe challenge for a starting job this year? You know, there's no doubt that, you know, thrust is the right word. I mean, you know, the last meaningful game he played was against Somerset High School in the state championship and then he breaks his foot the day before training camp and he's literally on a scooter uh, until a week before Eastern Illinois and then he's in a boot and then Eastern Illinois is out there and so he missed all the training camp reps all the four weeks of game reps that he would have got as a two uh, because he won the, the number two job you know coming out of spring last year and then you know thrust is the right word hey okay all right get in there you had one week, you've been out of the boot, now go play a college football game. So, you know, it really was unfair to even evaluate him with what he was doing. Uh, and he got better as the year went, some of it because the foot got better, we could do more stuff. You know, week one, we were an NFL team. We were throwing throwing the ball out of the gun or handing it off. I mean, we couldn't even run outside zone. He couldn't reach to do that, you know. So he got better, we got better. Uh, learning curve, a lot of new things coming at you fast, you know, for, for a rookie quarterback. Uh, but he's gotten better throughout the spring, and you know, so has DJ. DJ took some some uh, team reps on on Tuesday and Thursday of this week, which was scared to live and about kicked my AFib in. You know, when Fulton Hart said, "Hey, I want to get him in there for some team reps," you know, I said, "Okay, do you remember two and nine? You know, we're going to really do this." But uh, he felt he was ready. We did it. Uh, you know, he got some reps. He he looked, you know, really really good. Uh, and looking forward to, you know, his offseason, getting out here in July. And, and then McNamee's come a long way. You know, there's another kid that you know, could use your, your word thrust. You know, last time he played in a game, it was a state championship game, you know, against Russellville. And uh, then all of a sudden he's out there against Ball State. You know, not, not a thing you want. <laughs> big difference. Freshman. Yeah, big difference. Um, uh, so. With uh, Jacob Bell, obviously he was a guy you were hoping to rely on a lot last year, among the many uh, guys that got hurt last year. Yeah. What's it like to see him out here in the spring and, and just start to really get back to what he's capable of doing oh, for the outside offense. You know, because, I mean, he, he's our deep threat and has been since we've been here. Uh, I mean, he, he got down, he got behind Texas Tech three times before he got hurt. And then uh, all of a sudden that's gone, you know. The good thing is now we got two. Uh, you know, we, we got Golden AK. You know, Golden AK has got the, the type of speed that Jay Bell does. So, uh, you know, God forbid if something else happens, but at least, at least we're not, you know, if you got one, you got none, you know, type of mentality. You know, now we got two guys that have that breakaway type speed. And then we still got some really, really good 
college football wide receivers, you know, in Taylor Shields and, and uh, you know, Q Mays was a guy that people saw a glimpse of him in the Southeast Louisiana game when Tez Brooks was out. You know, he's another one. And then he saw the last catch down here. Uh, Parker, you know, he's a he's a kid we redshirted out of Arkansas, a freshman. So you know, we've got other receivers that are guys we think are going to step up for us. You know, Michael Fox is another one of the older guys we've got as a transfer out of NC State. So uh, those guys are only going to get better. You know, you're talking what you're seeing they did in just 15 practices. So they're going to learn the offense and, and be more savvy like, like a Shields is that's been in the system for three years. He's going to get better for those guys. I know you like running, the, question, you like running the ball, though. I thought Cortez came out here and really looked like a we, we, we got back running backs today. now. We got running backs. And that's the thing, just like the injury to Jay Bell, you know, so we missed him all year and people didn't get to see what he could do. The other one nobody saw is Q Jennings. You know, we missed Q Jennings all year long. And, you know, he had the surgery after the season. And, and uh, you know, that kid's a really, really good running back. You don't even see him out there today. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, McKee. You didn't even see McKee out there. He led the state in rushing, I think, as a high schooler. You know, he, he got hurt uh, right before spring ball started. Uh, so, you know, who'd you see? You saw, you know, Cortez Jones, who, you know, was our number two guy last year. He looked really, really good. Uh, you saw Northington, you know, Juan Northington, who, you know, saw him in flashes last year, that Eastern Illinois game. You know, he he, he turned some turned some heads. Uh, then we, we signed a junior college kid, Kaiwan Morgan. And, uh, you know, he rolled his ankle, so he didn't get a chance to show. But anybody was out here, those other two scrimmages, he was probably the leading rusher in the other two scrimmages and looked really, really good. So uh, we got some guys that can play running back, and not only are they physically gifted, you know, stand, I get the luxury of standing behind the offense. You can see some of the cuts they make, and, you know, to do it at that pace, to stand back here with the whistle or have the remote control and hit pause or slow-mo is one thing, but to stand back there and see those guys make those cuts full speed and know why they did it is pretty impressive. How does it feel to get out here and just, I mean, I know you guys have been hitting people all spring, but how does it feel to get out here under quite literally the lights? Okay, so for the most part, we really go tempos throughout practice. So for us to go green the whole scrimmage, it really felt good, you know, get some contact in. So it was real good to bang a little bit out here. It felt real good. Green means go? Green means go. Green means full-on go. Now that the spring's wrapped up, how do you feel about how things went? you feel like you guys are, uh, I guess, on schedule? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, spring was smooth. But, like, with the team, the team, we real good with adapting. So, with anything, any changes, we, we adapt to it quick. We good with those adaptions throughout the program. And spring went well from lifts to meetings and everything. It was all smooth. We did we did well. We seemed pretty good. What do you feel like are going to be some of the biggest battles going through the summer and the fall? I mean, I know there's several positions. It's always a fight, and everything's a you fight for what you have. But what are maybe some of the some of the inside fights that you guys are looking at going into the first game? Okay, so for the so for the changes that we're going through now, uh, we're we're fixing problems right now. That's the thing. We start early with the problems, and we are going to be coming back early for, from um, summer workouts. We're going to come early a month early, get our workouts in beforehand, so we can be a, a jumper from in front of everybody. Well, I was going to say, how do you think today went, just specifically? Just, I mean, do you think the offense won? I mean, the score's a score, but yeah. who won, offense or defense? Uh, honestly, it was – I'm going to be honest, it was really even. The running backs ran the ball so good today. I, I promise, like, some, one, one time it felt like I ran into a truck in a hole. I was like, oh, snap, hold on. Let me let me buck up my helmet a little more. So, it was real It was real physical and even today. I should say on the whole. Do you believe the running game will kind of be this team's identity this year? Uh, yes, it will. We, we got some great backs, but we also do have some great weapons at receiver, too. So, be on the lookout for the pass. What's it like to see Jacob Bell out there? 
seeing him out here today. They see Jacob out there, you know, so sometimes he line up in the slot and I'm in the slot too. So it's like, okay, let, I know they finna come to him on one of these plays. So let me be ready. Like you always gotta be ready when it comes to Jacob. So they, I hope the DBs was ready today. We was ready today too. Thank you. I'll do good. Thank you. So how y'all doing? Good. good. How are you, man? Good. Doing good. All right. Taylor, take take it away. Uh, I guess uh, just start with how are the uh, how you felt the spring practice went. Uh, spring practice been definitely a journey because we started off a little slow coming in from the first practice and we didn't pick it up pretty much every week. And this, I say this scrimmage was definitely our best scrimmage. What makes it the best scrimmage? Is it just the fact that it played so even, or was it the yeah, fact? Yeah, exactly, even player. I think the last scrimmage, we didn't even score a touchdown, so this was a big jump for us. Good. Yeah, it's always, like, it's always nice to have a crowd out there. It gives us a little more energy and momentum, so we can get going. What's the expectation for the offense this year? I know last year you guys started to find some things clicking, especially in that final six weeks. What are the expectations of the offense this year? Is it going to be a little bit more balanced, a little bit more pass, a little bit more run? Or? That's exactly what we're going to try to balance it out. I feel like we got a good, we got great running backs, great receivers, great quarterbacks, so we put it all together, we'll be great. You had a really good year last year. Yes, sir. Uh, how, how do you build on that, and, and what's your expectation? I mean, I know it's hard to put numbers on a board and, and say, I'm going to meet those numbers, but – what do you what do you want to happen and how do you build on that? Um, just coming in every day and working hard, trying to get better, setting goals for myself so, and for this team. So I accomplish them goals and that'll give me where I want to be. How much does Bell change this offense? Bell changes the whole offense. He's a great weapon out there, speed, everything. So him being out there will definitely help. Any more questions for Taylor? All right, All right, appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. Lining them all up here. All right, all right, Jaden. Uh, why don't you just start off with uh, your thoughts on how spring practice went? Uh, I thought spring practice went pretty well. Uh, we struggled a little bit at first offensively. We got some new guys in there that didn't really know the offense, but as it progressed and everybody was learning where they're supposed to be at what time and what that looked like, I thought we started to put some pieces together and we started looking a lot better towards the spring practice. Uh, now I'm actually expected to read, you know, on run plays and pull the ball here and there. So it's a little different, but it's good being able to run again. You know, that feels good. Now it feels like the shackles are off now. Yeah, yeah, it's like a big weight was lifted off my foot, and I can actually move it now. So that's good. Outside of the injury, just how much more comfortable do you feel just in the pocket, just having that that year? Uh, it's a lot different going into this year. I mean, I, I kind of uh, compared it to high school ball a little bit. Like when you go from your first year playing to your second, everything slows down a little bit. And uh, especially coming off that injury, it's, it's allowed some things to change where I can move a little bit in the pocket a little better. I can move outside the pocket. And you're incorporating all different aspects when you get the quarterback run game, you can also run that. So it's been a lot better. Everything's slowing down. And I feel a lot more comfortable back there. Oh. A lot of battles going into the fall this year, and obviously the first year of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you guys have to embrace that. What do you expect the battles to be like in the fall? Quarterback certainly 
uh, up for grabs, you know, running back up for grabs, wide receiver. How do you battle that and how do you put, put yourself through that? I feel like every position going into summer is up for grabs. I mean, everybody's going to come in and compete and they're going to give their best shot at it. And uh, I think it's going to make us as a team better because if you're getting pushed from the person behind you that, hey, I'm coming to take your spot and you're going to you're gonna practice harder every day and you're going to work harder in the offseason. So I think it's just going to push everybody to play better and give their best effort in every play that they're in. Of course, you came from a program. everybody else this but Jacob Bell it's hard to ignore his presence out in the offense and as a quarterback what's it like to have him out there you you targeted him several times yeah and it's great to have him back I mean coming off that last season we had a lot of injuries and a lot of stuff like that that people weren't able to see all of our weapons and all that we were capable of on offense so I think getting everybody healthy especially you know, like he's, he's a deep It's tough to stay over top of him, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, we got everybody back healthy and we're going to be able to see what it looks like in the uh, summer. Oh, all right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, 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 Appreciate it. Anybody else? Don't you keep rolling them up. Let's roll them up. You good? Okay.